Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Action Network Podcast. On the way, nice. and it is good. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the golf edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He's Justin Ray, the head of content for the 15th Club. As always, we'll get into this week's event, a fun one, the PGA Tour member guest, the two-man Zurich Classic. And yes, you can play DFS. We'll break it all down. We'll do our five questions in a little bit. And first, Justin, what's going on? And we will break down a little... uh, RBC heritage from this past weekend. Stuart Sink is 47 years old and he's now won twice on the PGA Tour this season. What stat did you have six months ago that would have told us this was coming? <sighs> Nothing. I mean, if you if you had Stuart Sink as second multi-winner on the board in 2020-2021, you are a damn liar. You did not. No one had that. I mean, there's no chance. It's been a real. It's a really fun story. I mean. A guy who hadn't won, like, I love that he he would have, I was thinking yesterday, looking this up, and I'm like, oh, man, Stuart Sink probably won in four different decades, the 90s, 2000s, Same. but he didn't Same. win in the 10s. Yeah. He, didn't, he went from 09 to 2020 without a win, so he didn't qualify for, he won in the 90s, the 2000s, obviously, and now in the 2020s, but he had that such an enormous gap between the Open Championship and Safeway. Um, I didn't see that coming. I think one of the more interesting things with Stuart Sink, I was diving into his numbers, his distance gains are really impressive in his late Huge. 40s. I don't yeah. know what he dialed into trackman-wise, equipment-wise, wh- whatever it was, but he's up in the top 40 on tour in driving distance, which is super impressive for a guy on the other side of 45. So just such an impressive performance. And, you know, the RBC Heritage has lended itself to some unique blowout wins over the years, whether that was mm-hmm. Brian Gay years ago. Um, Hale Irwin got a win when he was 48, uh, right before he joined the uh, senior tour back in the day. Um, so it, it's a course that kind of yields some odd one-off type things to happen, but, um, what a performance, just a really, really cool week for him. And obviously with the sun on the bag, another layer to that kind of family joy you saw. Yeah, it is one where even though Stuart Sink is hitting it further than he has in years or really ever, um, it is one where you really don't need to hit it far. You need to be a ball right. striker. And, uh, I bring up something that Peter Jennings, my former pod partner here on the action network pod used to say, he's like, 
And Peter would love pay, betting the ball strikers every single week because of the, the biggest issue is with betting on ball strikers is that at some point you have to watch them putt. And from Colin Morikawa to Emiliano Grillo to uh, Harold Varner to Corey Connors, I mean, watching those guys putt on Sunday, it made Stuart Sink's putting stroke look good. And that honestly, and I said it on Twitter, I said that, that stroke's giving me anxiety. Like, Seriously, I me couldn't too, watch man. it, Jay Ray. Like he's oh, like going the, back and the, forth, like twitching before he put it. I'm like, yay! It was like a guy with a hitch in his free throw. Like it was like a like a. It was. It's tough to even articulate to describe. And it was really only on the short putts, right? Like he, I didn't yeah. seem to see it on the longer ones. But he had that odd motion where he kind of start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, and then knock it. And I mean, whatever. He putted great for – I mean, he didn't putt awesome on the weekend, but he didn't need to because he had such a big lead and his right. ball strike was so good. But, yeah, no, I'm with you too. It, it gave me anxiety watching it. It was tough to imagine. Like, this guy's up six. He looks like he's about to drop his yeah. putter, tap it in a two-footer. It was wild. He was doing that on the five-footers, and he didn't miss any of them, not that I can remember. I mean, he was pretty solid from that range, and it's just – boy, I, I just – more power to him. I couldn't watch it myself, but – uh, great to see Stuart Singh. He mentioned his son being on the bag. I happened to be in the flash area, the interview area, at Augusta National on Sunday afternoon when players were coming in. And I, I get Stuart Singh played really well. He was tied for 12th place. And there, there was a fellow media member there who was, look, I, I don't know. I, I don't like to say that maybe the guy was working on a deep dive on Stuart Singh and was going to write all about him or talk all about him on a show somewhere. But he had him for about 12 to 15 minutes breaking down his swing, breaking down his week, and then talking about Reagan, his son, who was caddying for him. And I was kind of standing nearby. I wasn't really part of it, but I was close enough that I listened to the whole thing just because I didn't really have anything else going on at the time. And I'm listening to Stuart Sink. And then, of course, a few days later, I'm like, wow, great job by that guy getting all this stuff from Stuart Sink because uh, it was really interesting in the days beforehand to hear him speaking about Reagan saying, look, he is not just a – an honorary caddy, my son going out there, helping me out, a good father-son story. He goes, look, he's really good at it. If I fired him tomorrow, he would go find another bag instantly. He said, I, I listened to him on the golf course. And if you watched on Sunday afternoon, especially, there were times when Reagan said, hey, the wind's doing this. I really like this club. And his dad, Stuart, would say, okay, I trust you on this one. And, and he would For sure. listen. I mean, it wasn't just – Hey, I got my kid out here. He needed a job for the summer. And so he's just carrying my bag around. This is like, no, they're actually, they have a great working relationship. And that's really fun to see. Uh, my dad is, um, to put it nicely, I, I got, I put him down for a 43 handicap when I tweeted at it. <laughs> it might be in the fifties, but uh, if, and when my dad makes it out on the PGA tour, probably, I guess that's, that might've gone by. Maybe it's PGA tour champions now that, that he's gunning for. Um, but if and when it does happen, I'd be happy to caddy for him. My dad won a uh, Texas State championship in high school. He played Ooh. for the University of Oklahoma. He's yeah, he's he's yeah. a player. He's the yeah. he's, he's better than I could ever dream of being. So <laughs> I don't think I I don't think I have the uh, the the stones to try to caddy for him like Reagan does for an Open champion. So um, another thing I thought was really cool: Stuart Sink now went 17 years between seasons with multiple victories. Mm. That's so crazy to think that. You could go 2004 to 2021 and have not had a multiple win season in that span. I went back all the way to 1990, and then I kind of had the data cut off there, and nobody else was even close to having a multi-win season gap. Steve Stricker went 13 years. Hal Sutton went 12 years between multi-win seasons. But 
17 years is kind of a crazy enormous jump there between having a couple of seasons with more than one win. The other thing too, back in the top 50 in the world ranking for the first time since 2011. Like if you would have had that, if you had before the year, let's say two years ago, I'll tell you, Stuart Sink will be in the top 50 in the world. Ricky Fowler will not. I mean, really unpredictable sport, man. Our two multi winners on tour this year, 27 year old Bryson DeChambeau and 47 year old Stuart Sink. It's crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'll throw one out more out. I guess it probably happens more than I'm thinking, but uh, between first and most recent victory, 24 years for Stuart Sink. Is that, is that fairly common? I mean, at least somewhat common. It was the seventh most all time. I don't have the list right okay. in front of me, but the list was, I think was Sam Snead. Snead, of course. Yeah. Jack, Davis Love, Tom Watson. We're always tying Stuart Sink and Tom Watson together. Yeah. Mr. Watson. DJ uh, Singh, maybe? Kenny Perry? Ray Floyd's on that list. Okay. I don't know if VJ was. VJ didn't get his win- first PGA Yeah, he didn't win his own. Kenny Perry has a lot of those, like, sort of mid to late 40s kind of records that he was going after. He started playing really good golf right about this age. Right. Uh, Phil. Phil's the other one. Oh, that I don't yeah. Think of course. But Phil Mickelson's on that list. Yeah. Floyd Sneed, Davis Love, Phil Watson, Jack Nicholas, and now Stuart Singh. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, pretty uh, one, incredible. Speaks to the longevity and him being able to stay out on tour for that long. Yeah. One more Stuart Sink. Uh, cool little item. I went back and found a Q&A I had done with him uh, in April of 2009. So like almost 12 years to the day. I was with ESPN at the time. He came back a year after winning the Travelers Championship and was there for media day. And the entire Q&A, I, I remember doing it. I don't remember why I only based it around this, but it was like, he was at the beginning of this Twitter phenomenon, and I wrote yeah. in the intro, like, he's got 111,000 Twitter followers. This is crazy. He's talking about all this stuff. And one of the cool things he had talked about was he left his iPod out in the rain. iPod, not iPad. iPod, yeah, iPod. out in the rain. And uh, a user Kids, said, that was a, that was a small device that you could yeah. store music files on. And that was it. Just all, all you could put, just music, you know, just I, all I you see. could get on there. I said on my radio show today, Collins and I were talking about it, and I said, I used to have a 300-disc CD changer. And when the iPod came about, it was like, oh, you were, you were a big deal. I could put, discs. like, all of this. I mean, and that thing lasted about a month until, surprisingly, all the discs, like, crashed into each other, and it didn't shuffle anymore. It didn't work. So I had in my, my uh, truck in college, I had a CD player that would play data CDs. So you could put like six albums on one CD and that was like, like mind blowing that you could wow. do that. So yeah, that was helpful for but, the, the long, long ass commute from Houston to Columbia, Missouri. That was helpful. When you yeah, said data CDs, I, I was envisioning like you just reading off golf stats on, on these CDs and <laughs> listening to them over and over. Yeah. It's very popular with the ladies back in the day. It was very, very, very apt the observation by you, but yeah, yeah, no, like the actual little iPod was the total game changer, especially so, when it was small enough. You could like strap it on your arm when you go to the gym. That was, a yeah. Total- yeah. So Stuart Sink had left his in the rain and a big part of the Q and a that we had done was um, him telling me about how a, a Twitter user had said, Hey, try putting it in a bag of rice. And he did. And he left it for a few days and he came back and it worked. And like, it was like, Whoa, like, mind-blowing people out there were like <laughs> you put your ipod in a bag of rice and now it works holy cow what like 
this new technology stuff is nutty. Wow, is this crazy? And like, now that's like smartphone cannon, you know, if yeah. you drop it in the you know, sink or I don't know, whatever, in a swim pool. Like that's your one last saving grace. Of try course, to- but I mean, everyone knows it now. I feel like he was on the first frontier of like, hey guys, totally not sure was. you knew this I, life hack. I think I remember too, he had a picture on Twitter of him putting the claret jug in the case, like into the overhead compartment yes. of the plane coming home. Yes. And that's the one thing, that's the image that sticks out to me in that super early days of, of Twitter. But yeah, it was kind of, it felt kind of random that it was Stuart Sink was the guy that, you know, and it, even now, like after I saw your tweet, I went back to the very, uh, the very beginning of the, the follows on Twitter that I had from mm-hmm. my account from that's 10 years old. And it's like Tiger Woods, ESPN golf, which we were part of at that time. Uh-huh. And Stuart sick <laughs> because he was the popular, I mean, he was making the most use of the medium, you know, it's so funny. When it was just a fun place where like Shaq would tweet something. And right. People- up <laughs> in that interview by the way i remember my first ever tweet it was right around then it was 2008 2009 and it was literally i wrote i probably won't use this much but i'll just post some articles here if you want to read some links and uh yes i've i've gotten i, I still post links every once in a while so i guess that's i i've stayed on brand with that i it was very funny in that interview Stuart said you know people always want like you know the bigger names to get on there too like tiger woods and phil mickelson and anthony kim i was like oh my god like in some respects, 12 years doesn't feel like that long ago. In other ways, it feels like a thousand years ago. In other ways, it's a lifetime. Yeah, it's wild. Man. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun ways to look at Stuart Sink's win. And we had time to do it on Sunday because we pretty much knew from, eh, if not the first hole, at least the second or third hole, that it was going to be his Saturday day. afternoon. It was yeah. not over then. I mean, yeah. that, that was a, a march to the finish where – Party, it's that you're as a golf fan, you're kind of teetering on, okay, I don't want to see this guy fall to pieces, but at the same time, I'd love for this to be exciting. So maybe you're rooting for somebody to go crazy low, whether it was Rio or Morikawa on Sunday or something to give it a little more intrigue. But Stuart Stink wasn't having any of that. He made what was it, one bogey over the last 50 some odd holes, two bogeys over the last 60 holes, something like that. So, uh, just an awesome performance. Yeah, it was pretty great. And, uh, as we start looking ahead to this week, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, and uh, we're back to the two-man team event. Uh, did not have an event last year, but Cameron Smith and Jonas Blixt won uh, in 2017. The next year it was Billy Horschel, Scott Piercy, and the defending champs from two years ago, John Rahm and Ryan Palmer. Um, what do you think of that event? I, I love the outside-the-box thinking, but uh, just in general, do you, do you like having a two-man event on the PGA Tour? I think it's a great change of pace. And, you know, I've got to go be on site covering this event for years. And it felt like for like six straight years, there would be like a thunderstorm every day at this golf tournament. And it just, the vibe was just wrecked year in and year out. Because you get there Wednesday, Thursday, it's New Orleans, it's hopping. The food is unbelievable that they're bringing you in the media center every day. Like the fans are into it. It was a good vibe. And the weather just dealt in the worst cards. So I felt like the change of format came at a perfect time where they needed a kind of a reset for the event. And to have this kind of different thing to change it up, it's fun. I think it's a fun change of pace. It's a great fit here between the Masters and the PGA Championship. Kind of a little bit of a slow period building up to the second major of the year. Um, I like it. I wonder what you think. Yeah, completely agree with you. Uh, I've got some questions about it. 
uh, when we get to our five questions in a few minutes here. But uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great change, change of pace. It's in the right place on the schedule where, hey, it's not so important. You know, like at the end of the season where guys are trying to uh, accumulate points for the FedEx Cup, but it's not too early where it's like, hey, we're just getting started. It's in between a few majors. It's like in the right sp- spot. It's you know a nice little change of pace, like you said. Um, looking at the Bet MGM odds for this week, um, I kind of like these. I think these are a little more right than some other ones. And granted, they might be changing as we speak. We're recording this on Monday evening, but John Robin, well, look, Ryan Palmer. And I, uh, Jason, we influence the line. Let's be oh, honest. Oh, you I think mean, it? Well, okay. They're going to change the, even the more by the end of this podcast. The fire we then. drop here is clearly okay. altering the market. All right. So. Well, That's in me, some I'm other totally places, I, I didn't even know there were other books out there besides BetMGM, but some other places had John Rahm and Ryan Palmer as the sole favorite, the defending champions. I, I think BetMGM probably has it right with Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley as co-favorites alongside them. They're followed by Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman, Bubba Watson, Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, Tony Finau, Cameron Champ, and then Brendan Todd, Chris Kirk, and Billy Horschel, Sam Burns, though Danny Willett and Tyrrell Hatton in there as well. They're right next to them. So uh, some good teams. There are some definitive haves and have nots this week. And I would like to make the case. And I, and I wrote about this in, um, in my betting guide this week on the action network that Justin, if, all right, so I'm going to liken this to 10 handicaps and scratch players and, you know, not to, not to, insinuate that any of these guys are 10 handicaps. That's not what I'm getting at. But if you're a 10 handicap, you're playing against a scratch golfer. Can you beat them straight up? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough, but they have their worst day. You have your best day. Yeah. You can absolutely beat them on a given day where things are going right for you. Now you take yourself as a partner and you as a 10 handicap have another 10 handicap as your partner. You're playing against a scratch golfer who has another scratch golfer as his partner. Can the two of you beat the two of them? I look at it just like a strokes gain stat, which the more data you get, the more variables, like the harder it's going to become. And so when I look at this event, I look at this field, I say, okay, well, when you put one good player against another pretty good player, well, the pretty good player can certainly beat them. When you put two really good players against two pretty good players, I think there's more disparity between them. Am I on the right track statistically? I would say so. I think if you're talking about the best ball situation where you take the better score between the mm-hmm. two players, you're essentially cutting the randomness in half, right? So if Xander and Patrick Cantlay are facing player X and player Y of lesser, you know, rapport, um, you're look Xander and Xander might have a six on a given hole, but the odds that Xander and Cantlay are both going to double bogey are incredibly slim. So I think you're, you're going down the right path to where the more, the more you input into the situation, like multiple players on a team, the more likely you're going to get the outcome that you expect. So yes, I think you're eliminating some randomness there. Now with alternate shot, I think there's a possibility there to where, if you've got a big time disparity between player A and player B on a team, whereas like one of the teams that's really interesting to me, um, the last ranked in Scrabble points, but very high in ball striking, Sung JM and Ben Byung-Hun An. Look, Ben On is dead last on the PGA Tour in strokes gate putting. Sung JM mm-hmm. is a top 40 putter on the PGA Tour. 
if we're going to alternate shot and Ben on's got to hit some putts, I mean, you're looking at probably a stroke around and, and that's just being, that's being nice about it. Sure. Between, you know, because it's just been on time a, a tough year putting and he, you know, the sound would a tough life putting anyway. And Sung and Sung JM is, is having a really good year with the putter. So there's just, there's a disparity there to where on your own team, um, if you're going alternate shot, you can kind of throw that into the mix too. So it's fascinating from a betting perspective for me because there's just so many different ways you can piece together value on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen the kind of a, a really interesting collection of players at the top. I'll read for you right now, the top of the leaderboard from the 2019 Zurich classic. It's a tremendous collection. Okay. This is going to be great. John Rahm and Ryan Palmer, okay, yeah. top five player in the world and a veteran who crushes the golf ball in Ryan Palmer. We understand that. That makes sense. Sergio Garcia and Tommy Fleetwood. Sure. Last players, Ryder Cup stalwarts at this point, you know, that you can see that. Brian Gay and Rory Sabatini. What? Sure. Why not? And tied with them for third place was Matt Every and K.H. Lee. <laughs> Matt Every is one of the 10 greatest players in the history of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Not so much regular, regularly week in, week out on the PGA Tour. I mean, there's so much possibility with some of these names and what could come from this kind of unique format. And I thought just reading those names at the top of the board the last time they played here is a great way to encapsulate it. That alone, Jay Ray, makes me rethink something that I wrote this week already, which is uh, <laughs> team chemistry should be a big part of this. Uh, Louis Ustase and Charles Schwartz will have probably played more golf together than any other partners in this field. They should feel comfortable around each other. Uh, Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown, good buddies, play a lot of golf together. Brendan Steele and Keegan Bradley, good friends, play a lot of practice rounds together. Vaughn Taylor and Rasmus Hoygaard, I don't believe have like hung out all that. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I, I don't know. Scott Piercy and maybe they're like Batia. Call of Duty bros, man. Maybe they maybe they, they you get it in on the Xbox Live. Who knows? You know. Maybe maybe they'll be best friends by the end of the weekend. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's like I don't know. I showed up. I got paired with this guy who went out and played. He's good. I'm good. I, we figured it out. We didn't. We weren't having fun out there because we didn't even know each other. So we just no expectations. We're not telling jokes. We're not telling stories. Or maybe we're it's, not thinking about where we're going in New Orleans after exactly. the round. Or maybe it's, hey, we are telling stories and we're listening to each other because it's not like, oh, yeah, I've heard that story a million times. Tell me a new story. Like, you know, we're not sick of each other already. I, right. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Matt, every KH Lee seems like it would be on that wavelength of I, I can't. Uh, maybe they had great team chemistry. Maybe they're best friends. I, I am not sure. I don't know. I'm just going to say maybe not. It's, it's definitely a mixed bag, and it just makes for a really interesting look at the board going into this week, for sure. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell, here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. 
So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-88-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. So let's look at that board. I, I mentioned a lot of those names. Uh, taking the guys at the top, it, it's really hard to not sit here and let's say, well, I like John Rahm and Ryan Palmer as the co-favorites. And I also like Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley as the co-favorites. Uh, yes, okay. I, they're co-favorites for a reason. I was hoping there would be a bigger price, bigger number next to Bubba Watson and Scotty Scheffler. I think there's a lot of offensive firepower there. I think Bubba plays really well as a teammate. Bubba's things, he, he doesn't like letting people down. And I think when Bubba's got a guy next to him, I'm not sure if Bubba and Scotty are great friends or whatever, but I, I, I can see Bubba playing really well for somebody else. He's 9-8-1 and one in partnered matches in the Ryder and President's Cup. So I, I think that, you know, that's a, you know, not overwhelmingly great record, but it is a winning record just barely. And uh, Scotty Scheffler, we all know what kind of talent he is, 21st in the world. So, uh, that's sort of that, out of that top tier. That's the way I'd, I'd start my card. I don't mind Billy Horschel and Sam Burns as well. Both of them playing really well. <laughs> Excellent. Sam Burns, a Louisiana guy going back to his home state. What do you think about the top of this board right here? The Shoffley Cantley team is really interesting to me just because of how poor Cantley's played by his standards of the last mm-hmm. month or two. Um, he's missed three straight cuts and stroke play events. Um, just really not himself recently. But, look, you've got, got two guys in the top ten in strokes gained total on the PGA Tour this season. Um, Shoffley, he's making his first start since the close call at the Masters. Um, they're a really interesting group because I want to know which Patrick Cantlay shows up this week. Is it the guy we've gotten accustomed to seeing that was just the model of consistency in terms of you know excellent performance through the bag and the high finishes over the last few years? Um, or is it the guy who, who couldn't make the cut at Harbortown last week? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So he's kind of interesting. Um, the Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman duo, the Aussie duo is really interesting as well. Sure. Cameron Smith playing great. He, of course, won this event with Jonas Blix in 2017. Then they missed the cut the next two years. And so now Cam Smith's got a new teammate in Leishman. Uh, first time Leishman has played here since it was stroke play. He was T20 in 2016, the last time it was stroke play. Uh, Cameron Smith, top 20 in each of his last five stroke play tournaments. So yeah. I think yeah. they're an interesting pairing. And that's some that's a group. I mean, you could totally see that duo at a President's Cup. I mean, that makes absolute sense uh, oh, coming down the road. No doubt. So, yep. Great call on the Watson and Scheffler. I mean, that's going to be a, two awesome drivers of the golf ball, obviously. I mean, we all know Bubba, but uh, Scotty Scheffler, top 20 on the PGA Tour, strokes gained off the tee. So they're very interesting as well. And, you know, which Matthew Wolf are we going to get, man? Oh, I don't know. I, it's tough to read that guy at this point. And I know how young he is, and I, I don't want to sound critical of him, uh, but just has had some, you know, he had some blister issues earlier in the year and he's kind of struggled here the last few weeks. He had the DQ at the masters. So uh, maybe being grouped with Colin Morikawa, a guy who, you know, striked the ball at RBC, but just ch- didn't chip putt very well. Sunday group with Stuart sink. Uh, maybe that'll get him back on the right track, but um, some interesting names there at the top. I kind of lean, I kind of like your bubble Watson, Scotty Scheffler call. Yeah. Uh, 
Wolf and Morikawa are a couple guys who played and grew up in Southern California, know each other really well, um, about the same age. Wolf is a little bit younger, but um, I, I am fading that. I, it's just not – it just doesn't feel right. Morikawa on his third straight week and after a semi-title contention playing in the final pairing uh, on Sunday this past week, I, I just feel like – you know, he's probably running on empty just a little bit, even though, you know, at that age, I guess he never really run too much on empty. Matthew Wolf, uh, yeah, just a, a major question mark right now. So until I see something a little bit better from him, I am not going after them. Let's get to this mid-tier, and I think there's a lot of a lot of options you can go in the mid-tier. I don't know how deep I'm going in this field this week. I, I don't know that I'm going all the way down to, like, you know, picking out guys from the bottom of the barrel here. But in this mid-tier, I mentioned – Keegan Bradley and Brendan Steele, they're 33 to 1. Really like them this week. Brendan Steele, Brendan Steele, Brendan Steele. I just want to be able to hit the ball higher, a little bit farther. Steele with a rip off the 12th. Hard to beat. Wow, that was just jammed in. Way ahead of Steele. How good was that? Wow. Another one at 33 to 1. Jason Kokrak and Pat Perez. That would be a really fun team to watch if you're there on site. I like those guys as well. And Joel Damon and, and Lonto Griffin, who I, I don't know, I, I read some something off the website. It looked like it was going to be Joel Damon and Ryan Bram originally, and uh, Griffin in there now. I think that's a really good partnership there as well. Those guys at 50-1. to 1. Who in this mid-tier strikes you as uh, players who can contend this week? There's an English duo, and when I look at their numbers, they, they really mesh really well. That's Danny Willett and Tyrrell Hatton. With mm. Hatton, you've got one of the best players in the world, obviously. Top 20 this season, strokes gained off the tee. Top 10 strokes gained approach. Danny Willett's sneaky, one of the best putters on the PGA Tour this season. Leads the PGA Tour in average distance of putts made per round. He had a top 20 finish at Harbortown. Two, his second top 20 in his last four starts, so finding a little bit of form. I think their styles and their strengths complement each other well. I think that could be a good mix this week. Mm -hmm. Um, They've never played together in a Team Europe event. I was running through thinking maybe they were on a Eurasia Cup team or something like that. Couldn't find an instance of that happening, but um, I think their skill set kind of meld well. A little bit further down the board, I think this is a really interesting team. Doug Gim has been kind of a sweetheart of of Action Network over the last several months. But he's playing with a kid, Justin Suh, who has a gigantic opportunity this week. Really talented player out of USC, played really well at a number of local IQ events over the last year and a half. Uh, Top 10 at the Shriners last fall. Gim really sneakily has a really great statistical profile. He's 39th on tour in strokes gained total, 13th in strokes gained approach. Uh, Gim has strong approach play numbers regardless of distance and regardless of range this season. So I kind of like him uh, regardless of where uh, Saw puts him with tee shots. And Saw has some really strong putting performances in limited yeah. PGA Tour play so far. So Second um, on they're, the PGA they're Tour really interesting. I yeah. think the 50 to 1, I don't know if I'd pick them to win, but probably some value there in terms of top 10, top 20. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not going too deep, but maybe about as deep as I'll go. Uh, they're interesting, at least for for some props, maybe not for outright, but Richie Wierenski yeah. and Peter Uline. Wierenski had he started the season really well. He's had three straight missed cuts, but I believe three or four of his first seven starts were top 25s. And Peter Uline coming off a victory on the Corn Ferry Tour last week in Las Vegas. I've been waiting 10 years for Peter Uline to be a top 50 player in the world. Uh, I think I've put, I, I do my my annual 
column on the leap players are going to, who are going to make a step to the next uh, echelon. And I, I think I've put Peter Uline on like five of the last 10 of them. Way to make the leap. Your man's been on the diving board for a decade. At <laughs> some point, at some point, he's going to make this leap. Maybe he's ready to do it now. I like that. The other team that I looked at the board and I was like, I, I scanned and scanned at the top and didn't see him. And I'm like, they think getting no respect here. 66 to one. Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown, they yeah. finished second, fifth, and 15th in three years in this team, in this event. We all know how much Kisner loves match play, like second and first. This is kind of the cousin of match play in terms of the team format. Kisner and Brown ranked tied for fifth in alternate shot scoring the last time this was held. We'll talk about how important that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the more important uh, scoring uh, place to succeed in where the separation kind of comes in. Fourth in alternate shot scoring in 2017 when they lost in the playoff. Um, you know, I think it was Kisner who chipped in and basically darkness yeah. Yeah. to get into that great playoff. Uh, really cool finish. They are way too low on the board for me. I mean, for the success they've had as a duo, Kisner and Scott Brown, I think are a steal at 66 to one. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. And guys who, again, have some team chemistry. I, I like the players in this who have. For the last two months, three months, every time they see each other, like, dude, can't wait. New Orleans, Zurich, we're going to crush it. As opposed to the guys who are showing up this week going, hey, are you – oh, you're Rasmus? Okay, I'm Vaughn. Nice to meet you. All right, cool. You want to go play a practice round or something together? No? Okay, I'll just see you on Thursday. I, uh, chemistry, I, I think chemistry has got to be worth something in this. So uh, one really cool thing I mentioned off the top, uh, DraftKings does indeed have DFS available this week for the first time uh, – as a Zura Classic partnered event, which they didn't do yes. for the first three times. So we'll get to making a lineup in just a minute here. But first, let's get to our five questions in five minutes. My turn to ask this week. Five minutes, five questions you never asked. I got to be honest with you. I get a little irritated when somebody calls me away from my golf. This is Five Under. Uh, question one. If you could have any PGA Tour player as your Zurich Classic partner, Justin Ray, who would you pick? Wow, any player as my partner. Uh, Every, everyone has asked you to play. You, you've basically been invited to the dance by by every player, and you can just pick one invitation. I want to win, man. I'm taking Dustin Johnson. I don't know. Mm. That seems like a knee-jerk, easy reaction, but I think he'd be an easy guy to get along with for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, just totally chill. Guy's done everything in the game, and I'm tr- I mean, I'm trying to get a check, baby. Let's go. Like, I, let's, yeah, I'd definitely be DJ's partner and see if we can go and, uh, and, and take the victory home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, Rory, just because I think, yeah, I'm, that'll I'm work. A good too. player. I'd probably have more fun with him. Spieth. I mean, it's like, you know, you always talk about like, hey, who's the one guy you want to make a putt from 10 feet away if your life is on the line? It's like, well, might not be my life, but it might be my PGA Tour card on the line. I'll, I'll let Jordan do it. And it all depends on what you're looking for with that answer, too, right? Like, you know, sure. like Max Homo would be a blast to play with. Like, there's a lot of guys with great personality. Like Harold Varner seems like he'd be a, he'd be a mm-hmm. ton of just, just be great to play with, just totally enjoy it. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to pick DJ. I think we – I don't think he'd be too wound up if I let him down either. I don't think that there'd no. be two. I, I'm pretty sure the highs and lows are going to be fairly baseline for DJ. For sure. So, yeah, yeah, I'll take Dustin. All right. Question number two. Who would you least want to have as your partner <laughs> for PGA Tour players this week? Oh, man. Oh, this is brutal. 
Um, least want. You can't be like, oh my my. I'm buddy trying to be as diplomatic Bob, as who's possible. like terrible. I play with him. He's an 18 handicap. I don't want to play with him. I'm talking like a PGA Tour player. I'm trying to be as <laughs> diplomatic diplomatic as I could possibly be. Man, I feel like I'm throwing somebody under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, this is difficult. Uh, I don't want to play with Scott Piercy. I just don't want to wander into bizarre off-course territory. I'll just say that. I'll just get I actually just you know just stay on the straight and narrow, young fella. Like that's or all. Actually. I don't know. I'm trying to answer this as diplomatically as possible. You got me picking a player I don't want to be with. Well, something must happen. Billy Horschel and Scott Piercy won this thing. Uh, yeah, two editions of the exactly. event ago, and like, they're not playing together. I something happened. Maybe I just made a horrible call there. I don't know. There's, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I, I no, I'm just saying there, there must be a reason that. why. I mean, if you win with a guy and then two editions of the event later, you're not playing together. How about I'll, I'll, I'll go easy. I'll say Gary Woodland because he's a Kansas Jayhawk. There you go. Missouri right. and Kansas don't get along. So I'm sure Gary's like the nicest guy in the world. But he I is. Gotta, yeah. All right. Well, you definitely want to play with Gary Woodland. That's te- that's a terrible question, Jason. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm in an impossible situation. All right, we're gonna get some real stuff here. Okay. Uh, question right. three: This week's competitors will receive FedEx Cup points, but no official World Golf ranking points. Is this a correct? B should they receive points for both, or C receive points for neither? I think this is the best possible solution. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's impossible to award world ranking points in this kind of format um, just based on one player. Like if you've got a guy carrying his teammate, you know, is that reflective of the world ranking points that one right. specific player? That's I believe that's called the Chase Kepka rule. Right. Probably not. But FedEx Cup, like it is a PGA Tour event, right? And mm-hmm. you're playing within the constraints and the – regulations of the tour season i think this is the right compromise i think this is the best even ground that you can get where no world ranking points but yes for fedex cup so yeah i think this is the right situation okay i i tend to agree with you i was just i wanted to see what you were going to say but i i tended to agree with that okay uh question number four i need you to dig deep into your uh your your stat book that you got there i I know you got a book there full of all the stats that you write down (laughs) more important format this week Best ball or alternate shot? They play two rounds of each best ball for round one and round three, alternate shot for round two and round four. Which one's going to be more important to picking an eventual winner? So only three years of data to go back on, but alternate shot scoring has been the more important of the two. Um, Hmm. The three winning teams so far, 2017 Blix and Smith ranked first in alternate shot score. Horschel and Piercy the next year, first in alternate shot score. Wow. Rahm wow. and Palmer, first in alternate shot score. Whoa. The average finish of the top 10 in 2019, the last time this was held, average finish of the top 10 in alternate shot, 7.8. Average finish of the top 10 in best ball, 12.9. So it's a pretty significant difference in terms of where the separating factor is. Um, there's obviously more potential for birdies and more variance in terms of the best ball scoring, but in the young history of this tournament, the alternate shot scoring has proven to be more significant when it comes to determining the winner. That's mind blowing. Honestly, that's great stat work by you. And 
makes me start to think that a team like Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk could be really valuable this week. I, I look at those guys and say they keep it in play. They're a good alternate shot team. And at some point, like, yes, they're going to make some birdies too. And it just won't matter as much in the best ball. That's kind of what Rom and Palmer did is that it didn't matter. They were just really good at everything. So yeah. it ended up carrying, carrying the water that week, but yeah, no, it, it does, you know, it does lend more credence to just don't make big mistakes on that alternate shot, play consistent golf. Don't put yourself in terrible positions for your partner and, you know, there's a lot of reward in that. That is fascinating. I really like that. I'm glad I asked that question. Uh, question number five, shockingly, we're not getting into food in New Orleans instead. And I'm not sure if they're still doing this, but they've done walk-up music for teams here in the past. If they are still doing it, or even if they're not still doing it, what would be your walk-ups, walk-up song as, go, as you're going to the first day? I love this question. Um, I love that they tied this into this event too. It's just a fun way to do it. Yeah. The best choice that I've seen, our man Rob Oppenheim mm -hmm. went up to Naughty Nature, You Down With OPP, yeah. which is flawless. That's perfect. Tie-in for everything. Uh, the I firmly believe that the greatest beginning to uh, any rap song is "Ambitions Is a Rider" by Tupac, and so that would be my beginning because you get you gotta. That's key because I had to. I went through this process in high school because we had walk-up music for baseball, and you gotta pick the first 12, 15 seconds is all you get, right? So mm -hmm. you gotta keep. You know, you gotta pick something that builds in real quickly and and hits right off the bat. So that's my pick. Yeah, I would say. My favorite kind of beginning to, and this is very, uh, Phil Mickelson may have walked up to this music or he, someone said he was singing this music. I don't know where I heard the story, but uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem um, would be up there for me. Stronger by Kanye. And then if I was going off the hip hop beat, I'd go uh, In the End by Linkin Park. Okay, that'll work. But I had All time right. to think of this. I just gave you two seconds to give yeah, me an answer. Yeah, that'd right be mine off the, off the gate. Uh, the the opening, I'm I'm... Look, I'm from Houston, and in Houston, it's country and rap. That's really mm -hmm. what we listen to. Um, so the beginning of Dwight Yoakam's song called uh, Guitars Cadillacs is pretty good, too, where the little, little, little strings in the beginning. That's mm -hmm. nice. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll go, with, uh, I'll go with, with Tupac Ambitions as a rider. Yeah, can't go, can't go wrong with Tupac. So uh, we're going to get to our DFS uh, team in just a second, which should be very interesting this week. But before we move on here, we want to show some love to our sponsor, Athletic Brewing Company, as we talked about earlier. Stuart Singh captured his third RBC Heritage title on Sunday at the tender age of 47. And next weekend, if you want to spend more time sinking putts like sink and less time ralphing into a buddy's bathroom sink, the award-winning beers at Athletic Brewing are the perfect option. Because for years now, Athletic Brewing has been making some of the most flavorful beers money can buy. Beers that celebrate the innovation of great craft beer, but without the alcohol. So if you want to take it easy on the booze and keep your ball in the fairway, Athletic Brewing's award-winning beers are a great option. If you want to support the show, head to athleticbrewing.com. Check out their selection and place an order using code ACTION15. This gets new customers 15% off their first order. And if you order two or more six-packs, shipping, it's always free. That's athleticbrewing.com. Use code ACTION15 on that first order and enjoy great taste while keeping your gambling edge. Let's get to our DFS lineups this week. And J-Ray, I mentioned it. This is a strange week. It's a cool week. I made one lineup already. Just kind of look through the numbers. and It's kind of tough. I mean, we talked about there being some haves and have-nots out there this year. I 
If you want to get a couple of halves, you're going to kind of have to dig deeper for some have-nots this week. So the way they're doing it, every player in the field is sort of his own pick, but you can't take anybody on the same team in the same lineup. So, I mean, if you see Cameron Smith sitting there at, what is he, 11,100 on DraftKings, you can't also take Mark Leishman at 11,100 and essentially double up with uh, teammates. And so um, I think that's mostly for, for the tech purposes so to speak, the data purposes for them to um, basically separate each player, but uh, they will get the same numbers. It'll be interesting to see sort of ownership numbers where, you know, Cameron Smith's 23%, Mark Leishman's only 4%. It's the same thing. And so it just looks a little weird as you're making the team. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. I'll kick it to you for the first pick here. And again, this is going to be some very interesting stuff. All right. So we talked about the Kisner Brown group. They got no respect. Uh, They should be a higher price here at 8,700. I think they're a must pick. Uh, Second, fifth, 15th, and three starts as a team in this event. I'll go with uh, Scott Brown and Kevin Kisner, 8,700 to get us started. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I'm trying to look for something where I don't spend too much money right off the bat. And there's a team right about at the uh, average salary. I mentioned them earlier, Jason Kokrak and Pat Perez. They're going to have a whole lot of fun playing together. Uh, similar type personalities, guys that hang out a lot together. And I can see guys who like just kind of get amped for this thing. I mean, we've all played like a member guest and you look at two guys, you're like, man, I don't want any piece of those guys. Those guys are like... <laughs> Uh, they, they look like they're on a heater. They look like they're having fun. They're blasting loud music. Like that would be Kokrak and Perez. And so uh, at 8,300, I think they're a really nice play this week. That might be one of the teams more likely, most likely to be at Harris until 3 a.m. though. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see if that okay. helps the game. I, <laughs> I like it. Anytime I get to root for Pat Perez, he's fun. So we'll do that. Uh, another team I mentioned earlier, I like this value too. Uh, Doug Gim and Justin Suh uh, mm-hmm. at 8,100. A um, little bit, you know, a little bit further down the board, we can save a little bit of money. I like that value, and the profile statistically for Gim, I think, is really strong. He's really turning into a really solid PGA Tour player. Eighty-one hundred for Sue and Gim. I sort of like what we're doing here, where we're just basically picking guys off of the middle and and not spending a lot on anybody and having to dig deeper for uh, teams that um, that might not make it to the weekend. What is? Uh, do you know uh, right off the top of your head, Jay Ray, uh, what the cut is this week? I think it's a smaller number. I want to say thirty-five player or teams. Is that all? Okay, out of eighty. I think so, so, so a six of six. If you if you hit on all six teams, I mean, I think that's going to be a pretty low percentage of of uh, DFS players are going to be able to do that. I don't have that right in front of me, but I will find it while you are talking. Okay. Well, I'm going to filibuster here so you can find that. Um, Please do. You know what? Here's a good team that, again, and we mentioned these guys being sort of uh, a mismatched pair, and I'm not sure how they even got together, although Akshay Bhatia was a sponsor exemption this week, and he's bringing Scott Piercy alongside him. Scott Piercy won this thing a few years ago. I remember Billy Horschel doing most of the heavy lifting in that pairing that week back in 2018, but Bhatia is a really good player, and he can make birdies and bunches. I Again, I, I like having 
some team chemistry between guys, but hey, we've got a few days to develop chemistry between them. So at 6,900, I'll go with those two. High ceiling, Batia, really fun player to watch. Your cut is the low 33 teams and ties. Wow. So, All right. Going yeah, six for six is going to make you some money this week. Yeah. So if you go six for six, I mean, there's a ton of value there. All right. So we saved a little bit of money, 6,900 for Batia and Piercy. You know what? Let's uh, let's take a couple Oklahoma State Cowboys, guys who were teammates in college not too long ago. Uh, really high ceiling for both of these guys. Could be a terrifying prospect for the Ryder Cup if Victor Hovland hits his stride going into September because we know what his ceiling kind of looks like. Uh, Victor Hovland and Chris Ventura, 9,700. Ventura, a really promising player, also from that unreal Oklahoma State program. Um, that will leave you 8,300 on the board. I think there's some value there. There's a lot of birdies potentially out of that group. Yeah, there is. The problem, you look at 8,300, we've already taken, well, I clicked on Jason Kokrak, and the first name that comes up is Pat Perez, and I can't take him because we already have that. And then I look a little further down, and I've already used Doug Gim, and Justin Suh is there. Well, no, I can't use him either. So um, I might go with the team right in the middle of them. What do you think of Wyndham Clark and Eric Van Royen, two guys that I really like, neither of whom have really played up to their potential this year? Um, but at, at times, you know, they've been very good and maybe, you know, I, each one sort of cancels out the other guys, uh, inconsistencies a little bit, and maybe they can play well together. What do you think of that one? I think there's a lot of potential to go low there. I mean, for sure. You've seen Wyndham Clark's done that handful of tournaments, uh, Van Roy and all over the world made a ton of birdies in, in some of his biggest moments. So, um, yeah, we kind of fit too. We've had a lot of good international players, come through the last three years, those teams have had some success. So, yeah, um, sight unseen, leaving you with the perfect fit would have been Perez and Kokrak right there. But at 8,200, I think Clark and Van Royen are good. I think we've got a good balance here on this roster. Yes, we've got Batia and Piercy, Clark Van Royen, Gimsa, Hovland Ventura, Kisner Brown, and Kokrak Perez. And I think, quite honestly, if you're going to win one this week, uh, you've got to go five out of six, six out of six, which is going to be really tough. And if you want to go for some of those big guns uh, based on the pricing, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to figure someone out who's, uh, who's really low priced and, and find a tandem that could really work well together. But I do like what we came up with there, Jay Ray. I'm with you. And I would tell folks, just don't be afraid to dive a little bit deeper. I mean, just the randomness that's created in team events can generate some, you know, some pretty interesting outcomes. We told you about Matt Every and KH Lee finishing tied for third the last time this tournament was held here. I guarantee their ownership wouldn't been, wouldn't have been very high on DraftKings. So um, just an interesting week, really fun, different format, good change of pace. Yeah, we'll see if Matt Every can duplicate that with Charlie Belgian as his partner this week. There's there's some interesting stuff out there. Can't wait to see it all. Uh, you can catch Justin Ray and I with Amanda Rose on The Gimme every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Check your local social channels. Thank you to everybody for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's Zurich Classic. Here's hoping you hit the green. We're finished talking.